to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. We're wrapping up Jonah today. It's been a wonderful series. Amen. And so we're in chapter 4 today, but first up, Hebrews 10 verse 36 says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. With a renewed heart and mind, Jonah. Jonah made the long trip from the coast to Nineveh. We shared this last week that this long trip was not as significant as the gap between Jonah's head and his heart. (laughs) What happened in uh, Jonah's heart uh, between being shipwrecked and being spewed onto the beach was perhaps the greatest miracle in this whole story. And we too need to stop relying solely on our head knowledge and learn to live by faith in God uh, in God's spoken word as well. With this miraculous deliverance, God really came through. For Jonah in Nineveh, because faith builds faith. Amen? Faith builds faith. Hearing from God and doing things God's way is really what it means to live by faith. Hearing from God and doing things His way is really what it means to live by faith. Faith is the language of heaven. And living by faith is what pleases God the most. But faith without works... James says, is dead. And we tend to focus on Jonah 3 as the climax of the story, but the build-up to the conversion of a whole city, the city of Nineveh, was just as dramatic. In reality, the whole book of Jonah is just a series of miracles displaying the kindness and mercy of God. So today we're going to focus on Jonah 4, And the miracles just keep coming. But God's kindness and mercy suddenly exposes something dark in Jonah's heart. While the city's rejoicing in a brand new found freedom of heart and soul due to the revelation they've just received who God is, Jonah is fuming. He is angry. And... uh, we, we pick up the story where Jonah is basically sitting, feeling sorry for himself, <laughs> but like Jocelyn there for a moment. <laughs> so, wow, this is an unusual twist, isn't it? Following the um, great miracle. So we're going to turn to Jonah 4 if you've got your Bibles, and we're going to read about the sudden change of heart, verses 1 to 4. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. The Lord said, do you have a good reason to be angry? Good question. 
So even now, you know, not everyone, not everyone nowadays is happy and glad when a revival comes and God moves in new ways. We know that despite, you know, escaping capture by walking through on dry land, the children of Israel went through the middle of the Red Sea and it was an amazing miracle, the wall of water on each side. And a few days later, the, the people complained to Moses and wished they were back in Egypt as slaves with familiar surroundings. Don't we love the familiar? Yeah, it's sometimes a bit, bit scary, this new thing. And Jonah was not into it. Jonah staged a pity party. He was all good with God being a prophet of doom and it coming to pass, but now... He feels let down. His faith was in the, in the outcome of his preaching, not in the redemptive power of a God to redeem that which was lost. And he actually had the same spirit as the older brother in the story of the prodigal son. Remember that one? Instead of being happy when his father saved someone, and in this case his own flesh and blood, his own brother, the older brother is fuming outside the house over the waste of his father's money and now this party the word prodigal means wasteful money can be made up again but people lost to eternal punishment can't miracles don't always lead to salvation as powerful as testimonies of God's redeeming grace are not all are impressed or convinced by them, eh? Jeremy's shared a few times about people that have been prayed for, even in the main street. Miracle after miracle, but that's as far as it goes. Something dark still lingered in Jonah's heart, and he just wanted to roll over and die. In his mind, his last hurrah would be to sit in his little booth or hut that he'd made outside the city so he could wait and watch the destruction of God falling on these undeserving sinners. In verse 5, let's read it. In verse 5, Then Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. There he made a shelter for himself and sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen in the city. He was wanting it to be blown up. <laughs> Sadly, that spirit still operates today. You see, faith brings answers, but not all the answers. We need to build enduring faith. Enduring faith, faith brings answers with character. Enduring faith hangs in there when life isn't fair, when we don't get our miracle, and when others do. Enduring faith survives disappointments, delays, life's tragedies, persecution, and even death. Stephen, you know, in the book of Acts, was appointed by the apostles. He was appointed as a deacon or, a, or like a, a manager of daily practical stuff. Acts 6 verse 5 says that he was a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. This man saw miracles, 
signs and wonders, and he was used greatly by God. He saw God deliver others from sin and sickness, but in Acts 7, verse 60, he was not delivered from the angry crowd who stoned him. This was enduring faith with character. With his last breath, he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. We don't always get our miracle in this life, but what a legacy he left. Amen. Enduring faith stands in the middle of mystery when there is no breakthrough and still enables us to say yes to the Lord in our heart. That's what enduring faith does. It allows us in the middle of mystery where there's no breakthrough to still say yes to the Lord in our heart. Jonah had faith but there were still areas of darkness in his heart. Jonah, uh, Jesus, sorry, said in Luke 11.35, this is very pertinent to the story of Jonah, then watch out that the light in you is not darkness. This is a really challenging verse, and we spoke about this verse the other day at Friday Small Group. I think we should just take a moment to read the background of this verse in Luke 11. It's where it's from when Jesus said these words. So, sorry the scriptures are not up on the screen today. It would have been helpful. <laughs> Luke 11, 30 to 36. For just as Jonah became a sign in, to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to his generation. The queen of the south will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. No one after lighting a lamp puts it away in a cellar nor under a basket, but on the lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. The eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes clear, your whole body also is full of light. But when it's bad, your body also is full of darkness. Then watch out that the light in you is not darkness. In context, we see there were two lamps. The lamp of Christ is now here, and there's no sin or shadow in him. He is the light of the world. But there's another lamp. Our eye is a lamp of our whole body. What enters in through our eye gates will affect our heart, mind, and body. See, David was onto it when he said, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes, Psalm 101, verse 3. And he didn't even have TV. Reminds me of the old story about the Chinese pastor who was asked, so what do you attribute the great success of your ministry over many, many years? And he goes, oh, no tally. <laughs> despite, despite having Christ in us, 
there can still be areas of darkness, blind spots, and offenses hiding in that heart of ours. Amen. We have Christ in us, but there can be still areas of darkness. I think that's what this verse is saying. Watch out that the darkness, the light in you is not darkness. Jonah took up an offense with God. He was offended. He was angry. His perspective and his viewpoint on sin and justice blinded him to the prerogative of God to change his mind. You see, he was okay with an angry God. He was just not familiar with a forgiving, merciful God. And God was not compromising his character in any way. His principles of action remain ever the same, but their outworkings and applications are endlessly varied. I'll explain that. It's like the analogy of an old school temperature gauge. You know, the ones with, filled with mercury. Is it changeable or is it unchangeable? Certainly, uh, the, the mercury moves up and down in the tube. But is the mer But with mercury, uh, is it acting to fixed physical laws and invariability? And it, and it always responds precisely to the temperature. So I'll say that again with mercury. Is it changeable or unchangeable? Certainly the mercury moves up and down in the tube, but it acts according to fixed physical laws and moves invariably and, and responds to the temperature. So being a relational God, he is able to read the temperature of the room and respond accordingly to his justice and mercy without compromising his character, which is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 2.13 says that mercy triumphs over judgment. Back to Jonah. God appoints, in some Bibles it says sends or prepares three things for Jonah. In my Bible, he appoints three things for Jonah despite his bad attitude. Firstly, he appoints a tree to shade Jonah while he waits for the destruction of the city, which actually isn't going to happen. And overnight, full-on tree is yet another miracle. And Jonah's thrilled. Whoa, thank you, God. The word appoints is the same word that's used earlier in chapter 1 about the great fish. He appointed a fish, a great fish, to rescue him when he was drowning. And now he's drowning in depression. God comes through with an answer yet again. He's loving this tree. He's loving this tree. Next morning, however, the Lord appoints a worm to eat the tree along with a scorching east wind. Next minute, when the heat kicks in, Jonah is not thrilled. The tree dies, he's hot, and the wind is just scolding him. He's not happy. He's not a happy chappy. He's about as thrilled as the All Blacks coaching uh, star facing the World Cup media. <laughs> oh, 
Oops, enough said. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to turn this thing around, eh? <laughs> and we're going to see where Jonah ends up. He's not thrilled. The Lord appoints the worm and the scorching east wind to test Jonah. Another patch of darkness in his heart manifests itself. What the heck, he asks, why? And the Lord answers and says, basically, look, you're only okay with all the cool things that I provide for you when you're in trouble. You had compassion for the plant that you did nothing to create, and yet I'm the bad guy here for removing it. It was my plant, <laughs> just like Nineveh. <laughs> it was mine to save or destroy. The worm and the east wind are a lesson for us as well and for all the disciples yet to come. You see, that's really what God's saying. These are the things that will test our faith. He said to Jonah, there's 120,000 children over those walls who are yet to discover life and make choices for themselves, along with the animals. I love that. I love that God thinks of the animals too. Because of the humility of the Ninevite adults, because of the repentance of the city, the children and the cattle are saved. He says, I love you and I love them. He's saying this to Jonah. Jonah is now humbled but alive and the lesson is plain for us all. Don't allow darkness to remain in our hearts, especially after a great victory. How do we build enduring faith? How do we get rid of that darkness? We build enduring faith by loving our enemies, forgiving those who persecute and mistreat us. Be glad when others prosper. Build up other people's ministries. Don't take offense over small stuff. Don't react with anger when things go wrong. Pay it forward. Several years back, when Life Church had almost completed a new worship slash sort of administration complex in Mount Eden, there was still a long list of tasks before the official opening. Suddenly, Senior Paul Dion gets a phone call from, from someone. Hi, Paul. It's Peter Mortlock here. Listen, I hear you've got a bit of a do about a fair bit to do before next Sunday. He said, "How about I send a team over?" of 30 people to plant all your gardens for you, and we'll buy all the plants. Peter and his wife are the senior pastors of City Impact Church. That's the Spirit of Christ outworking from humble hearts. From what I know of Paul de Jong, he would have done the same thing for Peter, for Peter Mortlock. The Spirit of Christ was operating between the senior pastors of the two largest churches in Auckland. Hebrews 10.36 says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, they were hearing the will of God, they heard what they had to do, and they did it. We hear what from God when we know we've got to forgive someone. We hear, when we hear from God, it's God speaking, when we have to get over an offense, because that's the principle of God. You may receive what was promised. We will receive the promise either in this life or the next. We will be healed either in this life or the next. That's guaranteed. 
But enduring faith keeps us going until that healing comes. Enduring faith keeps us going, even if we die and we haven't seen the promise, like the guys in Hebrews 11. Increase and unity is from the Lord. All we have to do is listen, obey, and guard our hearts from darkness. It's simple, really. Listen, obey, and guard our hearts from darkness. That's enduring faith with character. And without faith, we cannot please God. This week, if we find ourselves standing in the middle of mystery, when there is no breakthrough, let's still say yes to the Lord. Let's do what Jocelyn did and praise the Lord. Turn our disasters, our hardships into praise. Let's learn the power of praise and know that we will receive every promise in this life or the next. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Amen. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the story of Jonah and how we've just been impacted by it. We pray, Lord, you deal with any offenses in our heart, any darkness, blind spots, obstacles in our way to praising you. Lord, we pray you'd remove them today in the name of Jesus. We thank you for Jesus, the light of the world, and we pray and that we'd guard our, our gateways to our heart, our eyes, and our, and our ears. Lord God, we give you this time, this week. We thank you for the impact of the story on our faith, that we would have enduring faith in this life. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.